G'day everyone, welcome to The Journey, coming to you each week from Dharawal country. It's the 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time, my name's Max Norden, and even though I said last week that Jude would be back, that's obviously not the case. I got the dates wrong, but all being well, Jude should be back next week. Our Gospel this week is about learning to pray, but more on that in just a moment. On the show this week is the Bush Deacon, Josh Clayton who never wants to see another sausage in his lifetime after helping cook a thousand at a community event. Josh will share what he observed about life while manning the barbecue. I've got a great conversation with Michael Adams from the National Evangelisation Team on why he gave up working at the Gabba and Suncorp stadiums in Brisbane to join NET and live in community with other young people. Father Mike Delaney tells us his observations on his Sunday morning drive from Kingston to Snug and back and wonders how much we miss of God in the everyday that's going on around us. Mother Hilda, in her wisdom from the Abbey spot, says time and wisdom have changed her understanding of the Amen prayer. You'll just love that story about Alice and her Amen prayer. Speaking of prayer, our gospel this week is Luke chapter 11 verses 1 to 13 in which Jesus teaches the Lord's Prayer. Our reflection this week is from Father Joseph Murphy and made available to us by Mass for You at Home, the Australian Catholic Bishops Conference and Network 10 and we sincerely thank them. Father Joseph says there was something remarkable about the way Jesus prays to the Father because the disciples asked the Lord to teach them to pray just like he does. Father Joseph says we can have the same admiration and trust when we pray to our Father. I'm going to proclaim the gospel for you in just a moment, then we'll hear from Father Joseph and some a cappella singing from our opening music track. It's Voices of Lee from Lee University and what a beautiful name. Faith, hope, love and life. I'm Max Norden sitting in for Jude Hennessy and I'm so glad that you've joined us this week on The Journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, Say this when you pray. Father, may your name be held holy, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, For we ourselves forgive each other who is in debt to us, and do not put us to the test. He also said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him in the middle of the night to say, My friend, lend me three loaves, because a friend of mine on his travels has just arrived at my house, and I have nothing to offer him. And the man answers from inside the house, Do not bother me. The door is bolted now, and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up to give it to you. I tell you, if the man does not get up and give it to him for friendship's sake, persistence will be enough to make him get up and give his friend all he wants. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For the one who asks always receives. The one who searches always finds. The one who knocks will always have the door open to him. What father among you would hand his son a stone when he asked for bread? Or hand him a snake instead of a fish? Or hand him a scorpion if he asked for an egg? 
If you then, who are evil, know how to give your children what is good, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? The Gospel of the Lord. And now, the Gospel Reflection with Father Joseph Murphy. In my work as a priest, one of the great joys is to work with lots of primary school children. And sometimes, you know, around Mother's Day, Father's Day, you'll go to the school and they'll have celebrations with the children and they'll be asked, what do you love about your father or your mother? And then inevitably you'll hear that my mother loves me a great deal, my father takes me to sport and picks me up, drops me off. My mother, my father does this, that, the other. All these different kinds of things where these children express their admiration, their gratitude and their trust in their father, their mother or their caregiver, their parental figure. This is something like what we're hearing today in this gospel. The disciples are with Jesus and they see him praying. They watch and they see him pray. There must have been something pretty remarkable about watching Jesus pray. And so they say, Lord, teach us to pray. Show us how to pray like you pray. He teaches them that great prayer that is the Our Father. And in that prayer, we hear trust and admiration. The admiration and the trust that a son has for their father. Trusting that everything, everything that comes from that father is good. We can have that same kind of trust and admiration when we pray. And we should. That is what is contained in the Our Father. So I'd encourage you today, pray it with the same trust, the same admiration that our Lord Jesus has for his Father in heaven. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full.
to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. Many years ago I had the happiness of speaking with a quite elderly sister as she was then. She'd taken under her wing a woman, Alice was her name, who was, shall we say, a little intellectually disabled. And this woman wanted to know more about God. She wanted to know how she could serve God better. 
Anyway, Sister Mary Paulinus, that was the name of the elderly nun, put her through her paces week after week after week, seemingly to no avail. Then one day she said to the woman, Alice, do you know any prayers? And Alice looked her straight in the eye and said to her, Oh yes, sister, I know the Amen. Now I was a young nun when I first heard that, and I thought it was pretty funny. Oh yes, sister, I know the Amen. But I don't think it's funny anymore. Now I know what great depth there was in the answer. I know the Amen. Amen, as you know, means so be it. When we hear something in prayer and we say Amen, we mean that we agree with everything that's just been said. How many times do you and I say Amen when we're at church or when we pray and don't give it a second thought? And yet, if the only prayer we ever prayed was Amen, that would just be wonderful. There is depth, there is agreement with the will of God. It is the willingness to let God be God in our lives, no matter what happens. It speaks of a trust that no matter how things look, it shall be well and we know it. When we say Amen, we are putting our hand into the hand of God and expressing a willingness to let him take us wherever he wants to. We're telling him that we know he is the supreme creator and ruler of all things. Therein, I say to you, therein is our happiness, our contentment and our peace. He is God, not me. And in saying amen, I'm saying I know it. Let's make it a practice this week, not only to pay attention to the amen, but also to say and be the Amen. Thanks, Mother Hilda. What a great story on the depth and agreement with being missionary that's contained in saying Amen in response to God and our prayer. After the break, we're journeying to Tasmania and we're doing the drive from Kingston to Snug and back on a Sunday morning with Father Mike Delaney. Listening to the Journey podcast while driving reminds Father Mike that we can see God everywhere being active in people in their everyday activities. Coming up now, though, the music continues with Crowder and Come As You Are. And after the break, we'll be back with more music from Jars of Clay and their love song for a saviour. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Max Norton, sitting in for Jude Hennessy. Thanks for being on the Journey. From wherever you've been Come broken hearted Let the rescue begin Come find your mercy Oh sinner come near Earth has no sorrow That heaven can't heal Earth has no sorrow That heaven can't heal So lay down your
hopeless And all those who've strayed Come sit at the table Come taste the grace There's rest for the weary Rest that endures Earth has no sorrow That heaven can cure So lay down your on the journey faith hope and love for life in all its fullness in open fields of wildflowers she breathes the air and flies away she thanks to Jesus for the daisies and the roses no simple language Someday she'll understand The meaning of it all He's more than the laughter For the stars in the heaven As close as a heartbeat Or a song of her lips Someday she'll trust Him And learn how to see Him Someday He'll call her And she will come running And fall in His arms the tears will fall down children I want to fall in love with you I want to fall in love with you 
Seeing God in life's everyday events, here's Father Mike Delaney. Each Sunday morning, I head down the highway to go to St Mary's Church at Snug, some 15 kilometres away from the church here at Kingston. I usually listen to Journey Catholic Radio on the podcast, both on the way there and on the way home. Recently, I heard one of my own God spots that I'd recorded some time back after my visit to some wineries on the East Coast and how as driving past one particular spot, it reminded me of a wedding I'd witnessed there some 17 years ago. I said how there'd been a green pathway in the paddock after the wedding, but I wondered how many people had seen it and who had not known the story. It made me wonder what I'd actually missed on the drive to Snug that Sunday morning. So on the way back, I took a whole lot more interest. Not long after leaving the church at Snug, There is a small fruit and vegetable market that is, even at 9.30 in the morning, 
was busy and I even saw some of the parishioners calling in on their way home. A little further along there's an old building which has become a restaurant and an art gallery which always has a busy car park. And I noticed several families had stopped there for coffee. They later told me that they talked about the message from Mass. Not sure I want to know what they actually said about it though. So I left that village, there's another quiet little place just along the road called the Margate Train, which was just starting to come alive with food spaces and activities for people as they gathered about 9.30am. Then of course there's the local golf course, which had a crowded car park both when I was going to Mass at half past seven and coming back. That's easy to see and definitely not easy to miss. So I got closer to Kingston, I passed three churches before getting back to celebrate the mid-morning Mass at Christ the Priest. Each of these places I passed had people gathering. The two community churches and Salvation Army, a citadel, were people gathering for worship, for companionship in various ways. And my thought as I drove into our car park was about how so many people acknowledge the need for companionship and community, but can no longer find it in a church community. Like so many of us in the church world, the question behind my thoughts were how do we engage or re-engage people into a relationship, not just with other people, but with the Lord of life so that their day of rest might also become a day of life and hope. I don't have a silver bullet answer, I don't think anyone actually does, but I might have missed even thinking about the question if I hadn't been listening to the podcast It makes me actually wonder what else I'm missing as I rush through life without looking for God in the everyday. Thanks, Father Mike. So how observant are you when you're driving? Not just watching the traffic, but also not missing out on God being active in the everyday by being observant of your surrounds during the drive. Speaking of God being active in the everyday world, today, Sunday 24 July, is World Day for Grandparents and the Elderly. A special greeting to all our older listeners, particularly those who are grandparents. I trust that the grandkids are doing something special for you today. In his message for today, Pope Francis quotes from Psalm 92 verse 15. He says, In old age they will still bear fruit. These words of the psalmist are glad tidings, a true gospel that we can proclaim to all on this second World Day for Grandparents and the Elderly. Pope Francis goes on to say, A long life, so the Bible teaches, is a blessing, and the elderly are not outcasts to be shunned, but living signs of the goodness of God who bestows life in abundance. Blessed is the house where an older person lives. Blessed is the family that honours the elderly. Pope Francis continues, Old age is not a time of life easily understood, even by those of us who are already experiencing it. Even though it eventually comes with the passage of time, no one prepares us for old age, and at times it seems to take us by surprise. Well, I can certainly vouch for that. After the break, I'll be in conversation with Michael Adams, one of the National Evangelisation team members, about his background and his decision to join NET. That's after the break, but right now, let's get back into some music. Here's Chris Tomlin and Countless Wonders. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Max Norden, sitting in for Jude Hennessy, and you're still on the journey. You reign in endless power above the world you made. 
Across the sky is written Your majesty and praise And still you move in mercy And hear the humble heart For every soul that's searching Jesus, there you are Your beauty fills the sky Your glory reigns in brilliant light Great God of countless wonders I will lift my eyes Your beauty fills the sky Your glory reigns in brilliant light Great God of countless wonders I will lift my eyes The mysteries of heaven And all your works display Every star, every ocean The universe proclaims For every sun that rises Your faithfulness to me Like the changing of the seasons Like the river to the sea Love and life. This is the journey. We're continuing our series where we're introducing you to some of the national evangelization team members and their journey of faith through the net ministry. And today, my guest is Michael Adams. Michael's from Brisbane, so tell me a bit about yourself. I was actually born in South Africa and I've lived in Brisbane for the better part of 22 years. I've been to uni, I studied musical theatre at the Queensland Conservatorium of Music, Griffith Uni, and I've worked at the Gabba and Suncorp Stadium with the catering company. What, just to get into the free shows and the footy? A bit of a bonus, but nah, just, just behind the bars, you know, doing the servery and the hospitality there. Okay. And the music degree, I presume that also helps a little bit in uh, youth ministry as well? Yeah, well, a lot of the time we find ourselves in front of people and... um 
you know, I'm no stranger to being in front of a, a large crowd. So that helps there. Also, you know, sharing stories, as you know, music theatre is sharing stories through song and, you know, speaking and dance. But here it's good to just sit, share your own stories with people, be relational to them. So what was going on in your life then that got you to actually start looking at net? What was actually happening? Because you're already working, so what was going on there? Well, I've known about NET for a long time. I grew up in the community in Brisbane that shared the office with the NET office. That's the Emmanuel community. And like I said, I studied musical theatre. However, I graduated in 2018. And then, as we know, at the beginning of 2020, COVID hit and everything sort of slowed down. So there wasn't a lot of work going around in the music theatre industry. So I sort of found myself working this casual job at Suncorp and the Gabba, it's good for a steady income, but it wasn't really what I'd, you know, practiced, what I'd worked towards. And I couldn't see myself getting out of this rut that I sort of found myself in. That's where I sort of rediscovered my faith. I went to Ignite Conference, which was in Brisbane in 2021. I'd gone to maybe five or six from my high school days through to just uni. I'd missed the last two or three. So I went back to Ignite Conference, rediscovered my faith, sort of got in touch with these same people who ran NET. And I was like, yeah, this could be good change, something different to do with my year. Okay, so how long do you think you'll be involved in NET? Like how much time are you prepared to give? You do a year at a time. They used to do a maximum of three years of NET. However, I think they encourage two years maximum just, just so that you know the, the volunteers who do NET are constantly being turned over, being in touch with what the young people are actually like these days because you do sort of find yourself in a bit of a bubble being on NET and, and sharing team life with the same five people for a whole year. As for myself, I'll start with this first year. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. What have you learned about living as a, and being a team? Because like, you live in community and you work as a team. How challenging has that been? Look, it's been very different. Like I said, I was, I was keen for a year of change and something different. And I've never even lived out of home before. So being from Brisbane, living in Wollongong, it's definitely a learning experience, very uh, formative. And I've, I've never lived with other people either. You know, I've just lived at home with my family. So, yeah, I'm learning lots, lots of life skills as well, but also team dynamics. You know, there's definitely, there's definitely um, elements of getting along with people. And I'd say the main thing I'm learning is choice because, you know, whether, whether you like it or not, sometimes you just have to choose the people you're with. So within the net operation, what are you hoping to achieve? In 12 months' time, you look back and you go, this is what I achieved. So what would that be? Obviously, with NET, there's the end goal, like the E in NET stands for evangelization. So we want to share the gospel. We want to share the good news of Jesus. But I think, you know, I was looking for something different, and that was sort of my motivation to get on NET. And already I've experienced many different things. So just to continue to upskill, you know, with life skills, and also to rediscover my faith and get in touch with my own faith life a little bit more as well. Okay, Michael, thanks for being part of the Journey Show. It's been really great to have you on and hear your your own personal story and about your journey through um, through the National Evangelization Team. Oh, thanks, Max. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Rise and follow me. I'll make you worthy. Rise and follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Peter, John, and James could never be the same After they heard him say, I'll make you fishers of men He said, rise and follow me 
I'll make you worthy. Rise and follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. He said, Rise and follow me. I'll make you worthy. Rise and follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Cast your nets aside and join the battle tide. He will be your guide to make you fishers of men. He said, Rise and follow me. I'll make you worthy. Rise and follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. He said, Rise and follow me. I'll make you worthy. Rise and follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Jesus bore the cross to gather in the lost. Oh, what a mighty cost to set us free from sin. He said, Rise and follow me, I'll make you worthy. Rise and follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. He said, Rise and follow me, I'll make you worthy. Rise and follow me, I'll make you fishers of It's Rhonda Vincent and Fishers of Men and probably an appropriate song to play after that conversation with Michael Adams from the National Evangelisation Team. Thanks, Michael, for your insights. Coming up after the break, Deacon Josh Clayton's going to tell us why he got behind the barbecue and helped cook a thousand sausages. Hey, Josh, this sounds like it's going to be a story like one of the ones of Jesus feeding the multitudes. That's after the break. Let's get into some more music now. Here's Jake Norter and Come Back Home. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Max Norton sitting in for Jude Hennessy. We're getting towards the end, but you're still on the journey. Yes. 
together on the journey. Faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. And now, here's the Bush Deacon, Josh Clayton. Recently, my family and I were part of a, a great event that occurred in a local community. It was a chance for many different organisations to come together and to support those that may have had a challenging time over the last few years with years of COVID, bushfires and all sorts of different challenges. In that experience, I got to stand and help some other people cook a thousand sausages for a couple of hours. You know what? After cooking a thousand sausages, I didn't want to see a sausage again for a very long time. It was an experience that made me think of how important it is to go out and to serve and to help others. It wasn't just something I did because I wanted to do it. In some ways, in the lead up to it, I I wasn't really looking forward to it. But once my family and I got there and we were engaged with the people coming and getting a sausage sandwich, it was uplifting, inspiring, and made me realise that we're all loved. Sometimes we put up so many different boundaries and barriers between ourselves and those we don't know and even those we do know, when in reality, we're all just after the same things. We're after meaning in our life. We're after companionship. We're after love. We're really after the chance to understand ourselves better. I was impressed by the great work that that organisation did to invite those that are on the margins, those that don't normally get to have the same experiences as others. It was a truly experience for all. For each of us, as we journey through our life, the question always has to come back to, where do we see God in our lives? Why do we do what we do? How does the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ influence how we act in our world on a day-to-day basis. When I was young, I used to always just think that faith was the most important thing. You didn't need to have any times where I go out and challenge myself to be on the margins, to help those that are most vulnerable in our society. Unfortunately, God's awoken me. Whether it is through the grace of being a deacon or, or whether it's just through the fact that I may be getting to know this Jesus guy a little bit better, I'm realising it's not just about spending time in church. It's about spending time on mission. It's about spending time loving people. Sometimes it's as simple as cooking them a sausage sandwich. Sometimes it's as challenging as visiting them when they're at their lowest point. Sometimes it's walking beside them as they share the most happy moments of their existence. God is with us. God challenges us. But God calls us to love in ways sometimes we can't predict. And he always rewards us in a way that we don't fully understand. My family had a great time giving away a thousand sausages with people. It shouldn't have been something that teenagers wanted to do, but they had a great time. Maybe sometimes the things we don't think we'll enjoy, the things we don't think will give us meaning, have a lot more space and a lot more meaning than we'll ever understand. So, a thousand sausages later, we're still smiling and we still know that God loves us.
St. James and her song, Breathe. And before that, thank you to the Bush Deacon, Josh Clayton. Cooking a thousand sausages reminds Josh of the importance of stepping outside our own little circle and being part of larger and wider community events. Thanks to all our contributors to the show this week, to Deacon Josh Clayton, Michael Adams from the National Evangelization Team, Father Mike Delaney, Mother Hilda Scott, and back at the beginning, Father Joseph Murphy. A special thanks to all our participating Christian community radio stations as well. No matter where you're listening, along the length of the East Coast, down in Tassie, in the nation's capital, over in the West or over the Divide, across regional Victoria, New South Wales and Queensland, we just love doing this show for you. And also a hi to all who get the show as a podcast through jcr.org.au. 
And finally, wishing all the grandparents and the elderly listening to the show today have a great day on World Grandparents and Elderly Day. We'll be doing it all again next week. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Max Norton and all being well, Jude Hennessy should be back behind the mic next week. I'm sure he'll have lots of stories from his journey. The Journey is produced on Darawal Country by the Office of the Bishop for the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.